0: welcome back to colombian influence we are doing our book club series chapter four today chapter four of the primal wound so if you haven't purchased this yet be
1: sure to go on our website columbianinfluence.com under resources go to our bookshop and buy the book c-o-l-o-m-b-i-n i'm gonna spell all day or day um today we're gonna be covering chapter four uh which is titled loss and the mourning process so i know that feels very daunting it It feels dark (laughs) like Like, what a way to start the episode just like loss in the mourning process like that feels (laughs) heavy but we're gonna go into it a little bit more and just kind of discuss uh You know, again, as we've kind of been doing, discuss the parts of the chapter that stuck out to us most um, and just kind of give you guys the gist of what we felt during this particular chapter. So um, let's dive in, I suppose. Let's do it. I think you started off. Okay, let's see. So the chapters, actually, for me, it was right off the bat. (laughs) So the beginning of the chapter, the first section is the need to mourn. Um, And basically, for me, there was one quote that stuck out for me on this one. Um, was basically stating, yet for a child, absence and death may amount to the same thing, and the memory of the loss of the original mother may be imprinted in the psy- in his psyche, and the cells. I don't really know if I'm going to go into this much at this moment. That was just like that kind of for me gave a very good introduction to the whole chapter.
0: I agree. I literally almost highlighted. The- I should have highlighted the whole highlighted paragraph. You might as well. <laughs> Unless well, it like two it's two entirely sentences. blue. Just <laughs> so you guys know you
1: can't see it, but her <laughs> first paragraph is is a lot. Um that's all that I kind of and again, like we we discussed this in chapter three, was that we are highlighting differently than we did the first time with different colors. And mine last time there's very little black pen. There's a lot more purple. So there's a lot more that yeah. I came out of it from this particular one. Um, but that I think is a good way to preface this. Is you know, again. The memory of the loss of the original mother may be imprinted on in their psyche and the cells. So that's how we'll kind of start with that. Um, what was the next
0: section? Was that? The next one, I almost have stuff on every section. Like not a lot, but just brief things. Okay. So I, I almost want to touch on it. Um Yeah, go for it. The acknowledge to attempt to grieve. I think in this one little part that stuck out to me is because few adoptive parents realize that their baby is experiencing loss. Mm. They do nothing to acknowledge that loss or empathize with it. I I think that that is really significant.
1: Um that's why I like really want to push uh, like hopeful adoptive parents especially to read this book. Yeah. Honestly, I think it's like it's doing them a disservice by not reading this yeah, book. Yeah. My
0: mom's like, "I need to read this. I need yeah. to read this." I'm like, "I'll give you my book after." Like or I mean you could support us on our Cool <laughs> bookshop yeah. all of it go now
1: yeah no honestly it's like everything everything with this and I think that kind of puts it into a bite sized portion of it is just that there's very little to acknowledge that I think for me personally there was and I can't remember which episode we touched on this it may have been the interview with my parents was that um, there was a very big difference in my parents raising me versus my sister and My aunt actually said to my mom, like, well, you got a real baby this time. Because my sister was so easy as a baby. Like, she was so chill and whatever. And then I was just screaming all the time. (laughs) anybody surprised? No. Um, (laughs) But she always, like, used to go to my crib at night. And, like, I would just be wailing. She would put her hand on my back. Stand there for way too long, probably. And second, she thought I was asleep lift her hand I'd like Meah! and then she put it back and be like I guess I'll stay. And I think like that to me seems like kind of the acknowledgment to a to a certain extent as far as acknowledging that I was different in that yeah. way. And I don't know if it's necessarily that I don't know if she like thought of it that way necessarily, but she did identify the fact that my sister and I were different in to some capacity. Um but I mean, I think you and I are you know, Even you and I are different. And so there's going to be a lot of differences in how people experience raising kids and that are adopted. And there needs to be more acknowledgement when it comes to that.
0: For sure. It's it's not talked about enough.
1: No, not at all. Was there more that you kind of got from that besides just like one? No, I think
0: that little part was just like, wow, I think adoptive parents really need to do their part first Mm -hmm. before kind of going through the journey with us because it is you know as much as this podcast is about our voices and who right. we are and adoptees and hearing what their stories are adoptive parents play a huge role in it mm-hmm. I mean it is what it is I know you know we don't give them enough credit I, they go through a lot too mm-hmm. so I don't want to touch too much on it because I don't know the perspective as an adoptive parent either mm-hmm. but yeah it just really was interesting to me that even as a baby we were experiencing the loss. And mm-hmm. as an as a parent you're just so excited for a new baby, you know, all of this. They mm-hmm. don't they don't think about that. I know for a fact they didn't think about that. Right. So that was just really interesting to me. Right. For that particular
1: section um let's see. I guess for that I had a couple things underlined. There's not really a lot that kind of sticks out um besides just like the end of this section just mentions the compulsion for many adult adoptees to reconnect with the biological mother and saying that that's a normal response because of this and that kind of just touches on everything that we've kind of stated before especially chapter three going into this um there's a lot that comes from that uh and of course this whole chapter is about the mourning process and i don't know i mean i guess i'm feeling this going in you know being five minutes into this episode and we're like how do we talk? Like, I don't know. I guess I'm not, I'm feeling like it, it feels very similarly to reading it where I'm like, what do we say about it? You know, like how do you, it's kind of like the uncomfortable, you know, essence of talking to someone about a loss that, you know, I feel like that's what I got reading this whole chapter. And like, we're kind of jumping to the end right now where we're talking (laughs) about the whole, you know, how we felt after the chapter as a whole, but it is really just, like, it's very weird and hypothetical. Yeah. Talking about a loss in such yeah. a hypothetical way is so abstract. I know. And bizarre. So it's, forgive us if there's a lot of, like, pauses in, pauses in this particular chapter. Just because I think it's a lot for us to digest. And, like, you know, we have things... Underline. we have things highlighted we have notes we have quotes and everything but it still just doesn't necessarily always make sense to speak upon
0: so we'll kind of do our best i don't know and again everyone's gonna process this completely differently
1: right right so with anything that we do say or you know any commentary on our end obviously like leave us comments we want to continue the discussion completely you know as far as everybody goes as far as in the um adoption community like that's why we're here Um, so, okay, so basically going through this, I didn't have anything from the stages of grief. I mean, that was just kind of like, okay. I just thought it was really (laughs) interesting. Like, you don't think about a baby grieving. I yeah, I mean, I don't think people even think that when it comes to, like, a baby that's around their grandparent a lot. You wouldn't think about them grieving when they've lost someone.
0: I know. So, like, I just thought the stages were very interesting. I'm not going to go into it either, but it was just like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. So
1: the next section, let's see, Defending Against Further Loss. Um, I mean, a lot of this chapter, both being the Defending Against Further Loss and the Psychosomatic Response to Loss... Basically, a lot of this kind of goes into, I think, like, the child reverting to a defense mechanism yes. when it comes to that bond and having that issue with, like, making that bond with the parent. So that's kind of what I got from that. Um The psychosomatic response to loss, however, like, that fits me to a T. Like, that's something that really holds true to me. Um Basically, this section is discussing uh, many adoptees spontaneously mentioned having some kind of chronic illness as children, which often persisted into adulthood. The symptoms mentioned, including stomach aches, chronic headaches or migraines, allergies or asthma, chronic fatigue, immune deficiency, eczema, hives, ticks, or stuttering. And not all of those ring true to me, but I mean, a lot of people, quite a few of them do. And also just things that I'm still dealing with, uh, as an adult. And I'd mentioned this in a previous chapter as well, is that I worked with a, uh, neurologist more recently that has discussed like my, my cells specifically in their ability to, you know, absorb nutrients, fight things off. And just the fact that my mitochondria is not up (laughs) to par. So, I mean, there's that, but it's just like that kind of thing with having like this whole chapter or this section of it is discussing certain adoptees and their experiences with physical things and like yes. i have always i don't know back in i think it was high school um i had a friend that was going through something really difficult and i had like sympathy pains and i was having like yeah. really bad stomach aches because of it and it's like yeah. things like that and i've always had like little things come up that are due to stress and it's just like my body takes me down And I think it's literally, literally, you you know, that I have
0: been there and saw that. Yeah, exactly. So
1: it's like, which we'll do. We want to do something regarding adoption and, you know, health, health mental health, physical health, all of that, because I'm good with getting it on the table and just kind of putting it all out there. Um, But yeah, this is all like one of the quotes here that I have is that all of these responses may be seen as a result of anxiety, an anxiety which, for adoptees, may be caused by the unconscious fear of another abandonment and the deprivation of food or nurturing. I mean, that's just, like, that's again just, like, your survival skills and, like, trauma responses and everything like that.
0: And kind of jumping back to the page before, I wrote, like... Do you feel like you identified with that more as a
1: kid or do you still like, like, is it the separation thing now still? I I, I mean, go into this as much
0: or little as you want, but. I don't think it's, like, I didn't get it with my parents. Okay. But I think I get it with Adrian, more just, and kind of Melinda, whoever she is, shout out to you, girl. I feel you too. (laughs) But she says. Uh, A separation from her husband Attributes to this being Missing my best friend talks in Or excuse me She attributes this to Missing my best friend to talk with But such a severe reaction Would seem to go deeper than that And I think it's more just relationship wise Like Hmm. you're gone I just feel like Like I can be by myself I'm very confident and you know independent And things like that Like I don't need anyone
1: Mm
0: -hmm. But now that I've let my walls down and you know, things that I've never told anyone, you know, we have that type of connection, but I have it like a hundred times. Obviously, Yeah. Yeah. Deeper and different with and that's like Your
1: life partner. Yeah. And that so makes
0: sense. I think that's where like separate separation anxiety comes in. I don't feel like he's going to abandon me because you know, we're past that level of, you know, trust. And yeah. Everything. everything completely. But I think it's more just like that separate separation anxiety of just hopefully it's just, what it says here too is this may be manifested as separation anxiety mm-hmm. but it's often mistaken for a strong attachment i don't know
1: what's interesting about that is like because you mentioned like you and i have a certain bond that's very mm-hmm. different and what's so funny is that i feel like i see that from my side of when like when you feel like it's unusual that i haven't responded yeah. you're like are you okay and i'm like
0: yeah, I'm working. <laughs> I'm going don't work my job. Don't, and, don't let out my secrets. I won't. That one worry. night was like, <laughs> my god, where is she? And but I think that's chill. like my mom instinct like, okay, I need but to check on really her. But that's really
1: interesting because like I feel like I get that, you know, from this side of that and like that's kind of what I perceived it as um. to a certain extent where it was like, I wasn't annoyed at all. It's just like, oh my god, you care about me so much. And it was yeah. just like, it, it just clearly is just like that like separation just making sure that this that person is, is okay so interesting
0: and that's so interesting like, and I, it's funny how i don't really have it with my parents but i call them all the time they call me if i find something out on the phone with them right away mm-hmm. and i don't think that i mean we have a great relationship and so i don't i don't know because like i don't think i necessarily like when i go
1: on trips and stuff like i don't get homesick like that was either. rarely the case like i always loved being on my own and yeah. i love traveling alone i love all of it it's no, just that's like... extreme. I can't
0: travel alone. Oh, I think I would freak out. I, See, I think oh, that's I where we're it. different. I think I out like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I don't have anyone to... I talk to myself and all yeah. the time. <laughs> Singing in a plane, all that. But it's, Yeah, it's I all good. I think that's but... where we're completely different. Like, right. I'm very independent, but I don't want to say, like, I, I depend on someone. Because I don't. But there's nothing wrong with that either. I, I know, but I don't think I do. I mean, it's kind of... I, I think mean, Adrian it's like would disagree, said. but... <laughs> I don't think I do. I was going to say, I know
1: how often he brings you uh, biscuits and gravy on Sundays. So, I mean, no one's bringing me brunch. Now I really want biscuits
0: and gravy.
1: Okay, well, I can't help you there. (laughs) It is Thursday night at 8 o'clock. I cannot find you biscuits and gravy right now. I
0: bet you could. Anyway, this is anyway, getting off topic. Yeah, but, but still, it, I just think that's very It is interesting. really
1: interesting that we have those differences, although, and I mean, I guess I could ask my parents as far as what it was like when I was a kid, because, oh, I guess, I don't know, I like babysitters, as, for instance, like, we always had, yeah. like... College students that were my dad's students or whatever, and so like we always had a good time. And it was I was with my
0: sister, yeah. So it wasn't like I
1: was alone. I but didn't
0: feel that way at all with my family or anyone like that. I think it's more just I care so deeply. Like once I've let my walls down, I think with you and with Adrian.
1: Yeah, um, that's fair.
0: I I get that a little bit. I get that. So that makes sense.
1: Uh, let's see here. Um, going into the psychosomatic response to loss, there is just kind of discussing the um. Okay, so basically, kind of just like I don't know, your body's response to everything. One thing that I also noted here was, uh, they can respond to the danger by either fighting or fleeing, and they may experience that fear as either free-floating anxiety, in which the gastric activity works over time. So that's again relating to like yes. stomach aches or like anxiety related to that. Uh, the resulting pain or illness is different than hypochondria in which the symptoms are imagined. These illnesses are real, but the cause is psychological rather than organic.
0: Absolutely. For me, that... I remember the first
1: time I read that. Yeah. You know, it was seriously just so... And was this before uh, it was such a
0: really, everything happened? No, this was it. in...
1: Probably in May when I
0: read this. Okay.
1: Um, And I mean, again, we'll go into this in an episode where we can talk about health and mental health and all that with adoption and stuff. I have been known to have a lot of just like random things come up that are not related to each other. And this honestly was just so reaffirming to me just being like, I am not a hypochondriac because it's happening. (laughs) It's just the fact that it's sourced from somewhere else. And that's been really hard for me to figure out. and. The fact that sometimes these things are sourced with a uh, genetic situation, yeah. some of them are not, some of them are a mix of the two, and it just kind of, I think for me at least it creates a lot of resentment oh, when for it sure. comes to that kind of stuff, Is just like, it's really complicated. Yeah. So, there's just like a lot of that there. Um, The rest of the chapter, let's see here. There was one other section, The Death of the Psyche. Yes. Um, For me, this section
0: was just... This it, whole chapter is really deep. Yeah. Honestly. There's a lot to this chapter because yeah. it's talking about your
1: body. It's talking about your mind. It's talking about yeah. oh, all these things that are just... It's a lot to unpack.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think the part where... The section that you're going into is really important and very common. Mm-hmm. But... It's, again, something that people don't talk about. No. And I think
1: it's, I mean, there's a lot more coming out as far as just the um, adoptee community being more active in social media. And I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're joining it and we know that all these things exist. It's very (laughs) possible that way. But it's also like we're creating this space and we're creating this voice and being like, hey, we're a huge community. We're everywhere. Yeah. You all know someone.
0: Absolutely. And even if you don't, you still re- can relate to what we're talking about. Well, and that's the thing is like, cause there's
1: everything, every type of, I've said this before, when it's come down to when we've discussed if adoption should be abolished essentially. Yeah. And I, again, I don't really agree with that cause I just don't think it's practical. It's like, there's so many other things that would have to be rid of yeah. for that to happen. So many of these things like mental illness in general, things that relate to addiction or things like that, they're not going to go away. So in this particular section, just discussing the suicide ideation of adoption and everything, I know we've kind of touched on that a little bit. Just the fact that it's a little bit different in mental health for adoptees. Um, Basically, this quote, just like mentioned here, is that suicide is an attempt on the part of the person in pain to actualize something, which is to have already happened but that they can't remember
0: experiencing
1: so it's almost kind of trying to match that like sorrow or grief i guess i don't really know how else to describe it it's kind of trying to match that energy to a certain extent and just be like i feel like myself the psyche i guess is how they describe it dies along with the bond I don't know. It's so weird. It's like trying to put this into like making sense and everything, and it's just like there's so much to it. Um, and then there's another element of like that the it, and kind of going back to that is that the person died in infancy, for which the infant has the meaning of annihilation can prevent the actual suicide attempt. I don't know. There's just like there's so much to this, and if a person becomes so inundated by the feelings that he is out of touch with the adult intellectual side of him tragedy can happen and i think i read that line i'm gonna read it again because i don't think i verbalize it very well if a person becomes so inundated by the feelings that he is out of touch with the adult intellectual side of himself tragedy can happen and i read this i think about 10 times i was like what like that's it almost kind of just put it very simply and I was like, I'm not ready for this. Like I know. It's very This section
0: is so deep breaths, everyone. Yes. <laughs> like it's just again, so deep. And I think it's kind of just like separating
1: yet relating the normal like mental illness or mental health issues out there and giving them their own little branch off of just being like okay well this is the adoptee version of it because I think that there's a lot to that when it comes to just about everything is like with everything that we feel it's just feels so much more complicated and I've said this before where I just wonder what it's like to feel so much simpler and yeah you know that's kind of what I think about um Yeah, I don't know. It's just like there's so much to that, and I think there's just like a lot that's discussed in this section, especially just relating to, you know, feeling suicidal and stuff. And that's just a lot to carry and everything. And like they also mentioned in the section about birth mothers feeling suicidal, which feeling similar feelings of desperation, and that they are. Physiologically, emotionally, and spiritually ready to welcome into the world and bond with their babies, but never have the chance to do so. Like,
0: I would love to speak to a birth mom. I know. Seriously. Like, I think that is. It's a whole different section. It's a whole different. Yeah, there's. World of feelings and decisions, things like that. It's just. It's hard on all aspects of this triad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just a lot to really, like, I don't know, just honor and, I don't know, hold true to yourself and just, like, again, just, like, really honoring that. And I think that's, like, what we really want to be doing. For sure. Um, The summary of this chapter kind of goes into just... I don't know, the fact that the loss of this is manifested in sadness and depression and everything. But so again, there's just like a lot to this chapter to go into. Um, As far as this chapter goes for you, how did this particularly make you feel reading this a second time?
0: I think this chapter, again, compared to the chapters prior, was a little bit harder to wrap my head around. Um, Just to feel that you know pure validation makes you feel like uplifted. This is more like you know, chapter three it was like I have things to work on now. Chapter four it's, yeah. Are we chapter, on chapter four, four? Yeah, yeah.
1: Chapter four is like But what do I do with this information? Yeah, and yeah
0: How do I how do I process all the loss and grieve, you know, the grief that I've gone through and will go through. You know, it's just how do I continue to cope with that? It it, it I don't know. It made me feel a little bit like, <laughs> discouraged a little yeah, bit? No, just like yeah. I there's no words. It's just felt different than the other chapters.
1: I feel like it's a good I mean, just with how we're planning these out, it's a good spot for a pause,
0: I think. Yeah. I wouldn't say discouraged. Sorry, I was kind of going back to I what you know. were saying. I was, just, no, no, I was that's just that's trying fine. to really think of like what would a word be, but I can't think And of I guess a word. I don't even know
1: if I would use discouraged. It's more so just again, it's not necessarily Super thought provoking and action inducing where I'm like gonna do something about it. That's I think for me is the difference is the fact that there's nothing that I'm like, I'm gonna do this. Although I will say when I was reading this and I didn't write this down, I wasn't gonna say this, but I had to say it like because for me, this made me feel the concept of mourning the loss is potentially insanely powerful. Yes, but it's also an insanely scary realm to step into and to actually act on. And thinking about like taking that time and that space to do that is potentially really sad and difficult and scary and yeah. just actualizing just I don't know. And I actually I can't remember where I was gonna write this down because I didn't know how to verbalize it. But right now, as we're talking about it and just the fact that we feel so like not indifferent, we're obviously not indifferent about no. it, but we're very like, what do we do with this information? I'm gonna share this now. Um There was a part just discussing the loss and the mourning and everything. And I was like, do I do a personal, like, almost a funeral for this? Uh Like, is that some some type of action? I don't know. I guess it's just like my brain is taking these actions of feelings and working on myself and everything. And just being like, I feel like everything should come with an action. Yeah, you do. It yeah, should. and I think that's, like, so where my brain can, this. like, reason yeah. reason with it and just be, like, okay, so I guess I'll do this activity. <laughs> and it just feels so backwards. But it's, like, there was a part of me reading this being, like, do I plan a funeral? Like, do I do this funeral for myself? I don't know what to, like, what do I do? Yeah. It was just, like, this really weird element of, like, panic, but also, like, planning mode. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know me. I'm just, like, plan everything, like, do yeah. all the things. And it was just, like. I don't know what to do with that. Besides, yeah, I just felt stuck. Yeah. I feel like for me, it was just like a lot of being, it's very floaty and just yeah. kind of like, okay, guess I'll let this chapter marinate yeah. in my brain and hope for the best. Like, I don't yeah. know what else to do with that besides that. And I guess in some ways, I mean, this this book is, uh, let me take a look at the Okay, so it's basically different. There's sections of each chapter. So there's chapters, of course. Um, but then there's also different parts. So there's one, two, three, four parts of the book. We have now completed part one. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that this is a good way to end part one. Um, just with the way that they are, you know, putting this out uh part two is being more about the manifestations just like and a lot of this is stuff that we've kind of touched on there's a lot more about like building relationships further you know in your life issues of rejection trust intimacy and loyalty love trust blah 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 like core issues of abandonment loss so it's a lot more of like going into the details of what we discussed already um but, man, this is a heavy one to yes.
0: end on in <laughs> part one. It's just like, okay, we need some time to digest, I guess. For sure. And I guess kind of to end it, you know, that's how we feel about it. It's, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And we said it time and time again. Take your time during this, you know, section. Absolutely. We have taken weeks in between each chapter yeah. to really think it through, feel it kind of give ourselves some time and talk about it just personally before we even put together things for these episodes
1: as well which is really important for both of us for
0: sure so i guess ending on this um we have our couple of questions that we like to have you know for us to talk about and also for you guys to comment on and discuss with us um on our posts so do you think you've processed the loss slash you know like or grief and if so how have you done so
1: Hmm.
0: We're getting deep in here.
1: I honestly don't know that I have.
0: Yeah.
1: I think I've thought about it. It's been like little twinkles in my brain, <laughs> like just as growing up as like certain elements. And like I've said this to you before, Um, when I was growing up, I would have like moments with my my adoptive mom and... And I still do this probably like once a year. Less so now because it's more of constant conversation, which I think is better. But I used to like cry, like sob over it probably about once a year and just really hurt.
0: Only once a year?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, whoa. Whoa. I just like, I know there was always just like, I it was kind of one of those things where, like, this is the night. Like it would yeah. be kind of like that. But then there would be other times, like my birthday when I would just be like numb and I wouldn't really cry. Yeah. It would just be like, I feel nothing. And I would just like <laughs> withdraw from my friends. It would be different kinds of emotions, but there would always be like, I mean, honestly, the night after you and I discovered we're from the same place that I told you, that was a night I binge watched a bunch of really sad adoption documentaries <laughs> and balled my eyes out for like four hours straight. I
0: was very dehydrated and very congested <laughs> the next day. So it's like <laughs> stuff and for like for me, that. like that, I was just like, I'd, I think it didn't hit me until a couple of days later. Are you? you yeah, know, like, are it was just like, sisters, like, wait a minute! Are you? You're like,
1: you're an important person. I don't like. Yes. It. Like, it was just, it was groundbreaking. I don't even know. But I don't know. I guess when it comes to that, it's like, I don't know that that's necessarily something I've done. I think it's something I can call my therapist and be like, how does one do this? Like, yeah. again, it's just like mourning that loss and it's kind of considering the fact that how do infants normally like process grief? Yeah. I don't know. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Like, and I guess I don't know. It's complicated. Um, this chapter obviously goes more into like it manifesting as depression and anxiety. So I mean it's kind of just questioning also if you can be linked to this yeah. identity and grief. Granted, there's no way to know. There's right. not like you can plug in something and be like, oh, what is this? tests say. Where's this you come know. from? Yeah. yeah. There's no one to know.
0: Do you personally think that's kind of where it's come
1: from? I mean, I... The older I get and the more that I get grounded with that, yes. Yeah. And, again, that's again, it just comes back more to working on, like, chapter three, I had said I want to work on more with myself and work on more, as far as this goes, yeah. to be more... Settled in this and not have these huge highs and lows and not feel these certain ways. So, I think for me, that's kind of where it comes from. That's as much as I guess I can pinpoint. What about you?
0: So, I think for me, I feel like I've processed the stages of grief, but not the loss, if that makes sense. If that's even possible, like that's the only way I can put it. Wait, can you say that again? So, I've processed the stages of grief but not the loss.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: So I've understood, you know, I've understood and, you know, kind of gone through the different stages of like, oh, I was super angry that, mm, you know, she, okay. she let me go and
1: super upset that she
0: missed all these parts of my life, all these different milestones. And then I was sad that she did. And then I was sad because I was like, wait, she's a woman. She, fe-, you know, the older I get, like she feels these feelings too. She had to make this decision. Yeah. Could you imagine what that would be like? Mm-mm. I'm feeling these type of things, but then it makes me feel like, oh, but you have felt this, you, you know, so I go back and forth. I feel like I have definitely gone through the processes of grief and the different stages of that, but I always feel like the loss will be there. And I think with, with what you've said, I have moments where I'm just like, there's no words to it. You just want to cry it out. Yeah. And you don't know why. But I think it's that loss piece of like, man, here's another thing you're missing or another thing you mm. don't know about me or I don't know about you. And another thing that. I I think I just leave room for more loss because I know in my lifetime I will lose two moms. Because mm. I know both of them. Yeah. So it's like I I can't close that chapter i can't fully get over the loss yeah until she passes i don't know i don't know and i don't know even at that point will will i be even more upset at that point where it's like i wish i would have done more i wish i would have done that you know so i think i'm still going through the process of loss and i think that will continue to go with me yeah Grief, I think, will come in those different stages of when things happen. But Mm -hmm. overall grief of adoption, I think I've I've overcome that. Interesting. So that's very interesting. And I I also go with depression and anxiety. I've had tons of issues. And I I guess we'll dive deeper into that when Mm -hmm. we go into that, hopefully, in May for mental health awareness. Um, But I do think my depression was stemmed from adoption. Mm -hmm. 100%. I was going through it deeply when I was a teenager. And it's funny how not... Oh, single friend of mine knew, you know, like mm. they couldn't see it. I I put a great face on, but mm. I was definitely unsure of who I was or what I wanted. You know, I just wanted to be around people to you know, hide. Fill something. Yeah. 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 But I didn't, I didn't trust these people. I didn't want to, you know, I'd give them my life, whatever, you know, Yeah. But it just, it was never serious. I just needed something to. Almost distract me. probably a yeah. little bit. I mean, because I get that for sure. Yeah. And so that's why the moment I turned 18, I was like, I have to go find my birth mom. Dang.
1: Oh my God.
0: I know. So those years were rough. I don't think my anxiety is really necessarily linked through adoption. I think I just like things to be a certain mm-hmm. way. And I just, you know, I'm I'm like a mom instinct where I'm just like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. Are you okay? How, how, you know, yeah. do I need to get this? So I think that's just more of my personality mm-hmm. more than adoption.
1: That's really interesting. That's. Yeah. There's
0: I know I said a lot there. No, I know Wait, but but I, I, awesome, I love the fact that like we can yeah. talk more
1: about mental health and just everything going forward. Ugh, because that'll be a big episode just like unload all of this and just just talk. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we want to necessarily have like besides to start us off some guidelines, like just yeah. get us...
0: And I think I've touched on it quite often, but you have a lot to really put out there mm-hmm. that you have struggled with and are still working through. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, You had asked the question um, for another discussion question. Would you ever want to try the regressive hypnosis to re-experience your birth and adoption? Because there is a section in the defending against further loss. um, And we knew someone in our Synchronicity episodes who did, I think, EMDR for this, which I've done EMDR in the past. Not for this specifically. But it's basically, like, if anybody knows what EMDR... It's basically just like this very technical, you know, element behind uh, psychology and everything and just like connecting your different sides of the brain. And basically this dives into like the very primal, I don't even know how to describe it, like versions of what's going on. It's like using hypnosis to remember how you feel essentially. So the question here is, would you ever try that? So
0: question here, zinging over to you first,
1: what do you think? (laughs)
0: I think I would try it. I would be a little timid just to, I I guess I'm not scared to know what I feel because I felt what I felt. If that makes sense? Mm -hmm. But like as a baby, I don't know what I felt at that point. I don't know what that would look like. So I think I'd be a little scared to see what would be brought up with it Mm -hmm. and how, how I'd be able to cope with that. But at the same time, I feel like I'm at a very great place in my journey. Um, You know, with the podcast, with just being an adoptee in general, Mm -hmm. where I think I could handle that. Interesting.
1: See, I I've thought about this a little bit just since our synchronicity episode and also reading this. I definitely, I think I would. I would probably take a week off work afterwards Uh, (laughs) just to kind of give myself that time to like feel it heal and all that kind of stuff just because I think this kind of ties more into the fact that I want to do this and I feel like I am doing this on my own, and I'm like liking doing that on and my that's own. That's for
0: yourself again. Yeah. You know, that's your and way I feel like of I have understanding the
1: support around me. Like I have a great therapist. I, I, I have huge. a great relationship with my
0: parents. I have you. Huge. I have this. I have
1: so many things that are surrounding me that are like, if I did this and I took the time and I didn't just like do it on a random Wednesday yeah. when I had to work <laughs> the next few days and like just dive into my regular life. If I gave myself that time and made sure. That I wasn't going to just, like, do it
0: randomly. On, I don't know. Just on a random day. I think it takes different sessions, too, right? Oh gosh, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. know. Honestly, I honestly don't
1: know. We have to look more into that. That's something I want to ask someone about. Yeah. Because I think that would be...
0: Very interesting. It would be
1: really interesting to hear from someone who's done this.
0: But I think so, the support aspect of what you were saying is huge. On anything. Birth search. You know. Everything. Just growing going through the fog. every Everything. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that through someone per, part of your family that you don't feel comfortable with yeah we are here for you i mean i've said this over and over but we truly are and sometimes it's easier to speak to a, 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 stranger. a stranger yeah absolutely but you know we understand you more than you think we do and we've yeah. noticed that between each other so absolutely. reach yeah. out anytime we love your messages and comments and we Ugh, want to yes. be that support for you because i think at certain times we wish we had that support absolutely and I mean I think this is us just
1: being able to take everything and present it in a way that's easily digestible and everything and just be able to talk about these things and present it so that it also helps future adoptees and future adoptive parents because that's really what I think again if you are a hopeful adoptive parent read this book (laughs) read this book follow along with actual adoptees that have grown up because I've said this Time and time again, I will not stop saying this, is that adoptees are not just this baby that gets to be part of this cute, you know, photo op. You know, we all know how (laughs) social media is these days. It's the same thing with all these gender reveals and nonsense. (laughs) It's like, welcome home, baby. It's like, great. Get them a great therapist when they're a teenager. Like, you don't, they forget that, like, they grow up. They have to function as humans, human adults like us. So just... Go with that. Think about that when you are adopting. Think about your child as a 20-something like we are. That's how people should be thinking about this. So go into it that way. Um, Again, this is the end of part one of the primal wound. So (sighs) we'll be diving into part two uh, shortly here. So um, be sure to, if you don't have a copy again, go to our website, columbianinfluence.com. C-O-L-O-M-B-I-N or wait, influence I have? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, of course, with our discussion questions and everything, those will be posted intermittently after yes. each episode. So we can do that. And then they will also be, there will be a published uh resource essentially for the entire book eventually on our uh, Etsy shop as well. So make sure that th- that'll be a downloadable regardless of whether you are a parent, part of a group, or part of a, you know, some type of, psychology related office or or anything like that so that'll be a resource for everybody so please be sure to check that out um as always like subscribe share comment what are all the other <laughs> verbs you can use on social media
0: <laughs> check out our youtube subscribe to our youtube subscribe and our podcast and like podcast. don't just do one or the other do both do
1: them both because and leave then, us a review yes please leave us all the reviews <laughs> um and of course this will be intertwined with our ordinary content with. I don't want to say ordinary or extraordinary content uh, (laughs) (laughs) with interviews and other conversations between us two. So uh, be sure to check us out uh, further and uh, we will be back next time for diving in more into the primal wound and be sure to also send us any suggestions that you have as far as other books that we should read. Until next time. Later. Bye.